Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is November 21st. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block. We're going to jump over to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to take a look at one of my favorite scriptures of all time. But leading up to this scripture, Peter's going to be talking to the people about Jesus Christ. He uses a really interesting phrase to describe Christ. He calls him a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Because for people who refuse to soften their hearts and refuse to believe in Jesus Christ, he can be a stone of stumbling. He can be something that is difficult for people to get past in order to come to our Father in heaven. They stumble over the idea of accepting Jesus Christ. They stumble over the idea of turning things over to the Savior. And so in that way, he becomes a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. But then in verse 9, he's going to go on and he's going to recognize that he is talking to faithful followers of Jesus Christ, people who don't reject him. And so he says, but, so you're not like them, you're not people who reject him. He says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should chew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So one of my favorite scriptures, let's go through it and talk about what these different things mean. I like the choice of words here. He says, you're a chosen generation and then calls them a peculiar people. In Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse six, we hear something very similar from the Lord. He says that he chose the people to be his special people. And so this language, this idea of being chosen and peculiar or his people, and we'll talk more about what peculiar means later. This is covenant language here. To be chosen, to be the Lord's people is a covenant relationship with the Lord. Remember, oftentimes we talk about covenant as being a two-way promise, and it is. I don't want to take that away from it, but it goes beyond that. When we talk about the children of Israel being a covenant people, we're not saying that the children of Israel were two-way promise people. We're saying that the children of Israel had a special relationship with the Lord. And that's what it means to make a covenant. That's what it means to be a covenant person or a chosen person. It doesn't just mean that we've made promises to each other. It means that we've entered into a special sacred type of relationship with the Lord. It means that we have chosen to bind ourselves to the Lord through those covenants. And so that is what Peter is saying here. He's saying you are a chosen generation. You're a covenant generation and a covenant group of people. Now, keep in mind, we believe that the scriptures were written as much for their day as for ours. And we've been told in modern day prophecy that the people on the earth today are also a chosen generation. Listen to how President Benson once said it in a talk called In His Steps. He says, For nearly 6,000 years, God has held you in reserve to make your appearance in the final days before the second coming of the Lord. Every previous gospel dispensation has drifted into apostasy, but ours will not. God has saved for the final inning some of his strongest children who will help bear off the kingdom triumphantly. That is where you come in, for you are the generation that must be prepared to meet your God. 
All through the ages, the prophets have looked down through the corridors of time to our day. Make no mistake about it, you are a marked generation. There has never been more expected of the faithful in such a short period of time as there is of us. Never before on the face of this earth have the forces of evil and the forces of good been as well organized. Each day the forces of evil and the forces of good pick up new recruits. Each day we personally make many decisions that show where our support will go. The final outcome is certain. The forces of righteousness will finally win. What remains to be seen is where each of us personally, now and in the future, will stand in this fight, and how tall we will stand. Will we be true to our last day's foreordained mission? We are a chosen generation. And I'm not just saying, oh, the millennials or Gen X or it's not that specific. The group of people that are on the earth today were chosen and saved to be on the earth today to help prepare the earth for the Savior's second coming. So I love that, that chosen generation, that idea of being a chosen covenant people with a specific purpose and mission for being here now. Peter goes on to say a royal priesthood and holy nation, and then he says a peculiar people. The word peculiar is interesting there because certainly we are peculiar. The more we live our standards, the more we seem to stand out from the world. And I think that that is a good thing. I think that people look to the way we live and they see the standards that we live, and it says something about us and our people and our beliefs. So yes, we are peculiar. We are different from the world. But this scripture here does not mean different. It doesn't mean strange. The Greek word here means purchased. We are not just a strange people. We are a purchased people. Acts chapter 20 verse 28 says this, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Here it says that the Savior has purchased his church. He has purchased his people. And what did he purchase it with? He purchased it with his own blood. I love the idea of being purchased. It teaches us something about our worth to the Savior. Now, I've used this analogy before, so forgive me if you've heard it. But have you ever seen the PBS show Antiques Roadshow? I think it's still on TV. If it's not, go find an old episode of it. But in Antique Roadshow, they have a bunch of experts, a bunch of appraisers in a big room, and people bring their old things. They bring their antiques that they think maybe might be worth something. And they find the right person, they find the right expert, and the appraiser sits down with them and examines the item and then tells the person what it's worth. Well, I want you to imagine that in your house you have an old vase that's just been sitting around forever. And it's ugly and people have made fun of it and it's a little funky looking, but it's your vase, right? You know it came from one of your ancestors, so you just keep it around. Well, Antique Roadshow comes to town, so you decide you're going to take your vase in to see what it's worth. So you sit down, you find the right appraiser, and the appraiser is stunned with what you have. Because this ugly, kind of funky looking vase that you've had in your house forever, turns out, was made by an artist who is very highly sought after, but not super well known. Maybe this artist only lived for a certain period of time and made a certain amount of things, and so it made the things that they made very rare, but not everyone knows about this artist. 
So let's say that the appraiser finishes telling you all of this and then says, if you were to take this to auction, I would expect that you could get half a million dollars for it at the right auction to the right people. Now, obviously, you're going to be pretty excited about that. And let's say you take your piece to auction, but it just so happens that that day there weren't the right people there. No one knew who this artist was. And so your vase that was supposed to sell for half a million dollars only sells for 5000 So the question is, what is your vase worth to you? Is it worth half a million to you? No, it might be worth that, but it's not worth it to you because it, to you, it's only worth what someone was willing to pay for it. My friends, when we are called a purchased people, please keep in mind that you are worth what someone was willing to pay for you. You were purchased with the greatest life that has ever lived. You were purchased with the holiest blood that has ever been spilled. And that makes you of infinite worth. I don't think we can even begin to comprehend the love that our Father in Heaven and our Savior Jesus Christ have for us. I don't believe we can even begin to comprehend our worth in their eyes. But when we see it, And when we fully understand it, then we will do as the last part of this verse says, that we would shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. My friends, I invite you to think of your own life. How have you been called out of the darkness and brought into the light? What kind of light has Christ and his gospel brought into your lives? I testify that he lives, that he loves us, that we are of infinite worth to him. And because of his love, we can begin to see his marvelous light. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.